Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, he says, And brethren, I could not speak to you as spiritual, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. And so we talked about this on Sunday, that Paul wanted to talk to him about spiritual matters, but they weren't able to receive it. And uh, we talked about in the last couple weeks about the natural man, the spiritual man, the carnal man. And last Sunday we talked about the carnal man. Carnal means fleshly. The carnal person is a person who's a born-again Christian, but their life is completely dominated by their fleshly desires. The carnal Christian is a person who, you know, accepted Jesus, but their life is still controlled by the flesh. And, uh, you know, Paul likened the carnal Christian to a baby Christian uh, because, you know, babies, uh, you know, little babies, they're immature, right? Everybody knows that. Uh, when, when a baby cries, what is it? It's a sign that they're a baby. <laughs> and, and, uh, and it's kind of cute when they cry. But um, Paul draws this parallel between, you know, physical life and spiritual life, physically being a baby and spiritually being a baby. And uh, just as uh, all of us at one time were a baby, right? I don't know if you can remember that. Uh, can anybody remember when you were six months old? Anyway, uh, I talked to my parents about what was the youngest age I could remember. And I can remember when I was, uh, I think my mom said I was three and I stuck. Uh, well, I tried to light our house on fire. But anyway, so because uh, I remember that, I got in trouble. But anyway, uh, right, it, it's okay to be a baby, when you're a baby, right? Uh, but what he's saying is just like it's normal to be a baby and then to grow up physically, so too it's okay to be a baby spiritually, but Paul's saying you need to grow up eventually. Just like you need to grow up physically, you need to grow up spiritually. And so it's important for everyone to think about where are you spiritually and are you growing? And tonight we're going to talk about uh, who makes you grow, right? How does that work? And Hebrews 5 tells us in verse 12, for, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food, you know, because a baby can only drink milk. I have a little granddaughter. She's six months, and I want to feed her donuts and all kinds of stuff, but all she can drink is her little sippy cup, and, and that, even at that, just a little sip at a time. I mean, she, she can't eat food yet, but so he's saying that's what babies do, but uh, he says in verse 13, for everyone who partakes, partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food or meat belongs to those who are full of age, that is, by reason of use, that means putting it into practice, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So the way that you grow spiritually is by reason of use. You put into practice what you know, right? And, and so, you know, there's many Christians today who are not growing spiritually. And, you know, uh, I mean, I know Christians who I see on social media who've been Christians for a long time, who think it's okay to get drunk and post it on social media. I know Christians who think it's okay to be sexually immoral. I know Christians that think it's okay to have sex outside of marriage. And, oh, but we love each other, Pastor. Anyway, and, and so, uh, right, but what does the Bible tell us uh, in Galatians 5? The works of the flesh, and so a carnal Christian is someone who lives controlled by their flesh. The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, 
fornication, so that's sex outside of marriage, uncleanness, lewdness, pornography, sexual immorality, idolatry, sorcery, which we get the word, the Greek word is pharmakia, which is where we get the word pharmaceuticals. That means, you know, uh, drug, drug abuse, right? Uh, some Christians who are born again now call themselves, they used to be, you know, neighborhood pharmacists, but uh, they meant like in this way, sorcery, in a bad way, right? Selling drugs. And so hatred, contentious, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, ambition, uh, selfish ambition, uh, dissension, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries of the like, of which I told you beforehand and told you also in times past. Paul said, look, I told you this multiple times, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So a carnal Christian is a person who lives Galatians 5, 19, 20, and 21. They're just controlled by the flesh. They do all those things. Envy, jealousy, you know, sexual immorality, hatred, contention, all those sort of things. And so Paul wanted to talk to him about spiritual matters, but he said, I can't talk to you about spiritual matters because you can't understand it. In verse 3 he says, for you are still carnal. For where there is envy, strife, and division among you, are there not uh, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? So we looked on Sunday, the characteristics of a carnal Christian, uh, three that Paul puts in verse three is envy, strife, and divisions. And as we talked about, if you have envy, then you're going to engage in strife because strife is a result of envying, right? When you envy somebody, you want what they have, uh, then, you, then you strive, right? So the carnal Christian is one who doesn't find contentment in Jesus Christ or satisfaction in Jesus Christ alone. And that's so important to, to note for you single people, if you're not content with your relationship with Jesus before you get married, you're not going to be content when you do get married. Because a lot of single people think, oh, if I could just get married, then I'd be happy, right? And then they get married. A lot of married people say, oh, if I could only be single, I'd be happy, right? And so uh, you got to be content where you're at with Jesus Christ. So many people are like, oh, if I just had a baby, I'd be happy. Then they get the baby. Oh, if I could just have a move out, I'd be happy, right? I mean, it's, just, it's just the reality, right? So a carnal Christian is one who doesn't find contentment and satisfaction solely in Jesus Christ. And so the carnal Christian is envious of other people's possessions, of other people's position, and they're always striving to promote themselves. And, you know, pointing out the faults of other people is a cloak for envy, right? Sometimes when people envy other people, they point out their faults or try to cut them down, right? And uh, they say things like, well, could you believe what she said? Or can you believe what he did? Or, man, I can't believe he said that. Or she, right? I mean, so that can be a cloak. And, and uh, James 3.16 says, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So, uh, the carnal nature is jealous and envious of other people. And we all have that, but we need to recognize for what it is. You know, for a long time, uh, as a young Christian, I was envious of people and all their stuff. And, and, uh, but then I had to pray, Lord, help me not to be envious of that guy in his motorcycle or that guy in his Corvette and, you know, whatever. Uh, but you just need to understand it's the carnal nature, right? But God wants us to grow. Now, yeah, you, you just have to recognize those things. So verse 4, he goes on to say, for when one says, I'm of Paul, and another says, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? So he's saying, you know, trying to pick sides that you're being carnal. That's not spiritual. Verse 5, who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believe as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So he's saying, look, when you want to divide among people in church, uh, you know, some of you said you're Paul, you're Apollos. And so he's saying that God works through people in church, and some people plant you know, some people maybe invite people to church or share the gospel, and some people water. Maybe some people share the gospel again because people have to hear it over and over again. Some people teach the word of God. But ultimately, who makes it grow? Who gives the increase? Only God can save souls, right? We don't save souls. I might share the gospel, and people come forward, and Dennis prays with them, and they accept Jesus as their Savior. But Dennis or Bob doesn't save them. 
We might work together to make that happen, or Taryn prays with them, or Sue's prays with them, but God is the only one that saves a person. And Paul's saying, God is the only one that makes a person grow spiritually. Now, that's important to understand, because God created the church, and God gave pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, but ultimately, your spiritual growth is connected to your personal relationship with Jesus. Because ultimately, the kind of growth that God wants to do in your life comes from you praying and God speaking to you and saying, Bob, you have this problem with envy or jealousy or hatred or greed or pride or whatever it is, and then saying, yes, Lord, that's right. I have that problem. And then for you to take the next step and say, Lord, change me, right? And so the pastor can't do that for you. I would love to pray for, I do pray for all of you. We fasted and prayed on Tuesday, and I did pray for all of you to be bold, to share the gospel, to invite your friends to church, but I can't make decisions for you about your internal sins, whatever they might be, and about saying, Lord, change me and make it not so. And so uh, Jesus said in John 15, 4, he said, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Now, you all know that verse, without me you can do nothing. What Jesus is saying is that the only way you're going to grow spiritually, the only way you're going to be transformed from the inside out to stop being so selfish and greedy and carnal and, you know, into all those things in Galatians 5 is by praying and saying, Lord, change my heart that I would hate sin the way you hate sin. And that only happens with God. Your pastor can't preach it into you. He can tell you what the word says, but then you need to say, yes, Lord, I believe your word, and I want you to make it so in my life. And so it's only through a personal relationship with Jesus that you can grow and develop. The apostle Paul taught the word of God, but only God can work in your heart to change you. And that's such an important truth because sometimes people put unrealistic expectations on each other. Sometimes, you know, spouses put unrealistic expectations on their spouse, expect them to help them to become more spiritual, or parents expect their kids to be so spiritual. But the reality is, is that all of us, ultimately, to really grow, you have to pray and say, Lord, change me, right? And if, you have, if you're not praying, Lord, change me, well, then you can't change yourself, and the pastor can't change you, your small group leader can't change you, your spouse certainly can't change you. All you married people know that, right? I mean, if you're married, you ought to know. You can't change your spouse. Now, you can pray for them, and you can pray that God will work in them and change them, and that's what my wife did, and that worked out pretty good for her. So, uh, but, you know, that's what you got to do, right? You got to pray and say, Lord, help them to see they need you. And so when Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing, he's not talking about getting a job at, you know, Amazon or whatever. He's talking about being transformed from the inside out, becoming a different person that only God can make you to be. The person who's loving and gracious and can love people who don't deserve to be loved, to forgive people who don't deserve to be forgiven, right? To be more like Jesus. So he goes on to verse 7. Paul says, so don't get confused about that. Apollos, Paul, hey, we just plant in water. God's the one that makes it grow. Verse 7, so neither he who plants is anything, nor is he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his labor. So Paul here is talking about that, look, God's the only one that makes it grow, but we do get rewards for inviting people to church leading people to Jesus, teaching a Bible study, teaching Sunday school, teaching Awana, right? Being part of God's work and helping people grow spiritually, uh, we all are part of that, and we're going to get rewards. Now, Paul left Corinth and went to Ephesus, and Apollos 
uh, went from Ephesus to Corinth. And so Paul planted the church in Corinth that we're talking about, and Apollos watered what Paul had planted. And so Apollos developed the church, and there was growth in the church there. And Apollos, you know, planted in in Ephesus, and then Paul came, and then Paul watered it. He taught the Word of God there, and, and it grew. And, and, you know, God may have us planting and, you know, watering, and, you know, sometimes someone hears the gospel two or three times, they come to church, I share it one Sunday, they come forward and get saved. So what's Paul saying? Hey, we all have a part to play in that, right? Whether you're planting or watering, whatever it might be, if you're witnessing to people you work with or your neighborhood or relatives and you invite them to church, well, the Lord sees that. The Lord knows. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you, and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you, and may you have a great day. Today is the day you will-